Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I'm Marlene Bynum sitting in for Alex Pearson. And Counterpoint is brought to you by Pizzaville. You can go to pizzaville.ca or call 416-736-3636. Here are our panelists. Saran Gebrselassie, who's a trial lawyer and a former mayoral candidate in the city of Toronto. Saran, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. And Stephen Ledrew, who is a lawyer, a broadcaster, and formerly the president of the Liberal Party of Canada. And may I add... No. A, what are you going to add? <laughs> may I add a former mayoralty candidate That's in true. the city of Toronto? That's true. But we I can't go through all of the that. things that Saran and I have done, you know, through all... Yeah. I mean, that'll be the end of the show. It'll just go on and on and on. <laughs> of course, then if we added you in, Arlene, with all the things that you've done... Yeah. We'd run into the next hour. Yeah, we could. Good to be here. We could end up miles from here. It's great to have you live in the studio. Lots to talk about. Let's talk about something that's happening right here in Toronto, and it's become a pattern. Cam H patient, another one. The same one's gone missing for the second time, and we've had others. One of them was a had committed a crime before. It's tough, Stephen, isn't it? And I'll start with you on this. It is very tough as we talk about mental health and where our... Our opinions are being expanded on mental health and and how we have to look at people in a different way and understand they could be our neighbor and they are our neighbor and our family and maybe ourselves, all those things. But then when we hear that a facility is letting people out and they shouldn't be, we kind of that's the key what you just said and they shouldn't be and so i Mm -hmm. think that uh, sometimes these incidents you get a number of them and people are rightly concerned there's no question about that and perhaps what cam a should do right now i know there are reviews going on we all know that they are saying well what happened what went on and i don't think there should really be a um a drastic change right now perhaps a freeze just Mm -hmm. a freeze to allay the public's concerns would be something that they want to look at while they are reconsidering their their rules. As as with all issues, particularly mental health, but all justice issues, there's a pendulum. You and I have seen it before, Saran has seen it before, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it just goes a little bit this way, and you have to bring it back. And I think that, from what I understand the media reports, Arlene, that CAMH is doing that. But, I mean, we don't need another one. If there's another one, People are just going to throw up their hands and just say, enough's enough. And there are there is a, a sense here, Saron, that maybe this has happened before and we just don't know about it. But when the critical one happened where somebody who had committed a crime, it was a, a murder, and they got out and went into another country, now we're on it and we're focused. Do you think this is something new or do you think we're just paying attention? I, uh, you know, Cam H is been battling all kinds of issues and I mean this is just one of many I think you're right about the mental health sort of crisis that seems to be mm-hmm. um, our city is battling um, and mental health you know we're getting more awareness you have Bell let's talk and you have you know Prime Minister Trudeau mm-hmm. talking about mental health and his mother you know but then Margaret this Trudeau's- happens and we go hang on for a minute here yes and I you know it just seems like every time it takes some kind of a tragedy, and then there's going to be an inc- like some sort of inquest, and then there will be a task force, and then we'll get another report. But it's the sort of root causes that seem to constantly evade, you know, uh, our system of 
curing or um, battling mental health challenges. But one of the problems that we have in the media and in the general public is saying mental health. And you say mental health, we don't say a person is physically sick. We say that they have a heart problem, a lung problem, they have cancer, yeah, whatever it is. They broke their leg. It is not a one-stop <laughs> shopping. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have generalized it too much because, you know, I mean, there are people walking the streets, doing their jobs every day, having families, having fun, having emotions, everybody else, and they have a mental disease. And they have treatment, and they handle it, and they do it with dignity, and it's great. And then there are people who, if you look at them the wrong way, they'll pull out a knife, and and you know, or that, and they have mental health. So mm-hmm. we need to distinguish in the public between the different kinds of, of mental illness. And I think that, again, that CAMH, when they're dealing with the kind of mental illness, which is not just one of the... I don't want to denigrate it. One of the more minor mental illnesses, but when you're dealing with a mental illness that can cause life and death situations, then I think they have to revise their rules. And I understand that they are. I've spoken to people that they are. Do you, does it take away Saron from our understanding of it? And I, I, I agree with Stephen. You know, we do say when we say mental illness, there is a lot of different kinds of mental illness, and clearly, when people are in CAMH. They're there for a reason. But let's face it, and I I know this was a battle here decades ago. What do you do about people? How much force do you put on on mentally ill people? How long do you confide them? How much freedom do we allow them? And what about their medications? It's, It's difficult. Do you force or do you not force? And how do you heal people? You know, it's the it's the stigma of mental health that is really, in my view, the the real kind of, you know, crisis epidemic in our city. And I'm of the view that and supported by lots of literature that there needs to be a way to address the root causes. So you go down. So what do you mean root causes? Then? I mean, why, why do we have so, so many people walking causes. around? You just have to walk five minutes from the station right here. And I can guarantee you, you're going to look mm-hmm. left and there'll be somebody battling a mental mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. Uh, disease. And you look right, somebody else will. So And we ignore causes, them. We walk by them. Yeah. So root causes is, well, why Poverty. is this happening in the first well, place? Well, root causes and treatment. Because there are so many people. I mean, we don't know a lot of the root causes in, in many aspects of mental illness, but it's the treatment. You're absolutely right. I mean, we have people, there's just so many people out there who um, should be getting treatment. And in fairness to the institutions, um, they, they try and they actually reach out, but there's so many people who just don't want it. No, they in certain cases. You know, I did a story many, many years ago when I started my career on a woman who lived outside. She wouldn't come in. You know, right. I, I went there in the middle of night in a snowstorm yep. and took video of her. She wouldn't get out of this box, and I'm trying to take her out of the box because I knew her by this point. She was, she needed mental health, but she would not come in she would not respond i offered i did everything i bought her lunch she'd do it she was friends she, something was wrong with her she did not want to engage with an institution but so she this was is not she was not a danger to anyone probably no so this is herself. the difference now yeah. we have to draw the line here between because when someone violence. is a danger the story has to change so Ron. now tell me what province was this in toronto the city in, doesn't surprise me too much. Mm-hmm. I think 
you know, um, there's been so many high profile examples of the, you know, the consequences. Like, I mean, I think of Andrew Loku, who had a mental mm-hmm. health illness and then ended up mm-hmm. being, um, you know, shot and, and, and killed. Exactly. And so it, it's, you know, the million dollar question is the why question people. And, and I think, you know, in, in Western societies and in Canada, there's this over-reliance on medication and prescription, but... People but it don't. helps people, though. Sometimes. Too often, the over-reliance is for the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and other people, yeah, they need it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of communities right here in mm-hmm. the GTA that where medication has a huge stigma, and they re- like rely on a whole variety of other yeah. techniques, like, you know... Um, Simple things like having access to nutrition, having access to people. Like this is a huge city that's actually really lonely for so it many is people. Very lonely. It's but very lonely. It's going to be a while. But the new about. story, though, about Cam H is uh, I hope I hope for Cam H's sake because there's a lot of really good people mm-hmm. there that do a lot of really really good work. Fantastic. That we do not have another episode soon. I'd agree. They got to figure it out. They do. They certainly do. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to return with Counterpoint for Alex Pearson. I'm Arlene Bynan, and this is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I'm Arlene Bynan for Alex Pearson. Here's our Counterpoint panel. Saren Gebra Selassie and also Stephen Ledru. And we were just chatting about gun control. And let's bring it to our listeners. All right, Saren, I'll, I'll begin with you. You know, here we are. I got to say, Stephen and I have a little experience in this business. And I can't tell you how often we've been talking about gun control in the city. It was the same thing when I started as a young reporter here. I'm covering all these gun control stories. Oh, there's gangs been cited in Toronto. And there, there's guns on the streets. And what do we do? We don't want to be the United States of America. Here we are, 17 shootings over the weekend. Luckily, no one was murdered. They're talking gun control in the United States of America. We're still talking gun control here. Where are we? Uh, we're going nowhere in this department. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was 2005. I remember I was 17 years old and went with the coalition to Ottawa to, at the time, we call it the summer of the gun because yes. there were 52 yep. gun mm-hmm. shootings. Remember it. And uh, and here we are, and it's 2019, and at this rate... So what should be done? I mean, we've been saying it for forever and ever. A gun is an inanimate object, so a gun cannot... It's, it's, it's uh, sort of a false focus on the actual firearms. That's not to say that there shouldn't be regu- you know, stricter regulations, but it's back to that million-dollar question, the why question, and... Who is actually committing some of the gun crimes? It's not middle-class Canadians. Isn't one of the problems illegal handguns? I mean, there's a culture that admires handguns, and they are being brought brought into Toronto in droves. And if there was a stronger penalty for the possession of an illegal handgun, wouldn't that scare the pants off some of those hoods? No. You're going to go to jail for 10 years, buddy. No, but no. wait a minute. Here, here's the deal. You know, we're talking about this and we're talking about, you know, the violence in Toronto. One thing is a fact. You can get a gun really easily in the United States. You can. We know yes. that. 
and they have more shootings. So maybe are we on to it? You look at every single country. Do we country, want more guns? No. Easier every, guns? No. Well, oh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Clearly, when you, you're allowed more easy access to guns, the shootings go up. We, You know, I've heard all the arguments through my career. Oh, no. And you're right. <laughs> it's like somebody's got to pick up the gun and shoot it. And you're absolutely right. But you look at every single country around the world and... The United States has more shootings and, and they if have it's easier harder to access. pick up the gun, it's just a fact. If it's harder to pick up the gun, if you're in a club and somebody or two mm-hmm. or three or four or five people have guns, the likelihood of a shooting is greater than if there weren't any guns. But yeah, I mean, you know, our numbers are bad. Science. 17 in Chicago, and this isn't in our press at mm-hmm. all. I haven't seen it, but it's in the American press. 53 shootings. This past weekend. Yeah. Very similar. Kind of the Toronto thing. So we've got like mass shootings and access to guns, which is big. And here in Toronto. Now, you're saying, too, who are these people? Are they lost souls? We're asking this about these people online. You know, who are they? How, How can we help them? Can't we do both, Saran? Yeah, we can do both. And, the you know, Parkland is such an inspiring example of students who shocked the nation in their mobilization efforts to you know, fight back against the NRA and and those gun Mm -hmm. lobbies in the U.S. But I just think, you know, in 2030, we'll be back here and we'll be having the same conversation because we haven't really, the discourse hasn't moved very much. But where should it move to? Instead of the discourse, I mean, mean, what what is it? I want to hear from you one good solution, which is going to reduce the shootings. Eliminate poverty. I put one out there. First of all, we are never going to eliminate poverty. And the shootings. Of course we can. The shootings, we should, we should try to, we should strive to, but we aren't. And oftentimes the shootings are not in places where people don't have cash. They're, they're, they're from people ha- who have money, access to money. You know, inside the mind of those people, and, you know, Stephen was talking, there's people who do admire guns. I just read an article this morning on it, and it was about in the United States, and there is a mindset of this of a certain kind of person. It may not match here. What about attacking that? What about attacking that relationship and that feeling that a gun and a firearm is the answer to your problems? Yes, um, and I, I agree with where both of you are on this. I, I have to say I disagree about the fact that we're just never, ever going to eliminate poverty. I, I think I, you know, I... Yeah, but we can't wait. We, we, you know, this is danger. This is people's lives in danger. We can't eliminate mental illness either. And we're talking about things that could be changed in CAMH. We have eliminated poverty in certain areas, and we have eliminated gun violence in certain areas. So we actually have zero gun violence in large swaths of the city and there's lots of people who live in poverty who would never ever consider gun violence it is there are a lot there's of something more than just poverty it, yeah. that's the cause of mm-hmm. uh, gun violence sure i mean there's so always convinced. i mean there's there's always going to be a variety of factors but it, can you you know in every single incidence of of the shootings this past week and the past 10 years since 2005 what do all of them have in common guns that's what they have in common i meant i meant i was talking about their social location like in in the city wait a second you know there's some very fancy clubs where there's been some gun violence you go down to the the west end of the city there's a lot of gang violence i don't know the percentage but i know that you know the gangs um and it's again may oftentimes it's the gangs where the violence is, is coming from and part 
to deal with gangs is poverty. I, I grant you that. But part of it also is cultural, where there's an admiration for guns, where there's an admiration for violence, where there is a goal of, uh, you know, when you hear about a gang and say, you felt by a member of this gang, you got to go out and do a random shooting. No, I mean, and you know, well, uh, the gangs are, are families gangs to are these people different. in a lot of ways. It, it fills in for a lot of things that a family does. It does. And gangs are but, actually, I call them street organizations because they're actual organizations that operate in an illegitimate economy in the underground So why don't you economy. use the word gang? People know what you're talking about when you say gang. Well, the, if you're talking about illegitimate street organizations. They're organizations. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm building off of what you were saying about the fact that they're Family units, they substitute for a lot of folks. And that's who don't how they get people from. connected to them. But, but people not want to all be there. Because they want, sure. you know, and, and women are not running around with guns, not a lot of them committing these crimes. Is this kind of the same thing? Can I bring up something bombastic here while well, we only have a few more minutes? You know, is this, is this tied into um, male testosterone? Maybe. You got a lot of men well, committing now, a Arlene, lot of crimes. I don't crimes. know where you're going to go with that one, but <laughs> I started. Feeling I'm not saying testosterone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying testosterone, but we got a lot of men who are looking for solutions that are dangerous and involve guns. It's men, and it's uh, it's not exactly men like you know, like this lovely gentleman here. It's a lot of uh, middle uh, working class. Men, you know, again, we were not seeing affluent. Well, I mean, I just feel or people honestly, who are not they say I'm idealistic, mm-hmm. but I feel like the solution is so straightforward. I really, really and what do. is it then? How would you eliminate poverty in thirty seconds or less? Let's give <laughs> let's give every uh, young person a job if they have jobs and they're making you know. And there are lots of jobs, and they would accept going these for jobs, the asking and they in would the GTA accept right these jobs. Oh, you have to there, want to. There's a pretty high unemployment rate amongst there, a lot of young people. There is high unemployment, the but there are a lot of jobs that go for the asking. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, sh- I mean, there are people who want to hire people all the time. You talk to employers, they say, "I just can't find people to hire to do the jobs." Oh, that's this. There's a whole laundry list of reasons for that. But I can promise you, if every young yeah, person had a work. job, if young people across the city of Toronto had a had a job, we would not have had. We will not see. Yeah, but a lot of jobs don't pay the same again. amount of money that gun violence High does. High quality, if you're, you're, decent jobs. That's I what I'm know, saying. but you have, but you have to, to be trained for that too. Trained and oftentimes, a person who has a gun who's involved in a gang is either one not wanting to work, or two doesn't have the not training true. for it. Not true. Disagree. <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's that many doctors and gangs with, with is guns. It, yeah, is it? Is it, Sarah? Let me ask you: Is it a? Is it making an excuse? Because probably some listeners wonder. No, no, no. Look at the cannabis industry. This is the perfect example. You have so-called gangs, as you're referring to, mm-hmm. to them. I call them street organizations um, that have been engaged. But they're criminals. They've been criminalized. They're engaged in an illegitimate economy. They've been yeah, criminalized. They they've criminals. been criminal acts. No, no, I, they, Whitewashing. It's not anybody else criminals. They, they are disproportionately criminally charged. How is it? How is it possible that a young person who's been engaged in, who's been selling mm-hmm. cannabis, is, mm-hmm. a, is a criminal like as little as last August, and 
What does that got to do with yeah, guns? Yeah, but what's well, it got to do with pointing okay, a gun? Right. Let's make it's guns uh, legal for no, and all the bad guns legal, and then there's and no more crime. shooting is legal, and if you want to take something from someone, it's legal. You don't mean that. No, well, you're saying that you're saying that they want to be involved in this activity, and that it's somehow that they operate in a vacuum. And what I'm no, saying, no, I didn't say a vacuum. Well, what I'm just I'm saying is, look at cannabis. That's a perfect example. Why do we have so many people, so many organizations that can't transition to the legitimate cannabis economy, right? And so those are the same people, the same people you would call a criminal, like last, like right last year. The same activity is now legal. So, but this or, is you're, you're not. I mean, you know, we're looking at people who use a gun and violence and shooting and physical harm to solve a business problem in these organizations. Are you saying? Are Are you saying that that is not criminal? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that you're you're engaged. They're engaged in criminal activity. I'm not going to call young people who are disproportionately charged criminals. Like, that's John Tory. I'll, I'll leave that job to... disproportionately charged? I mean, if you, if you commit you a, a lot of acts you're... that are wrong, you're going to get charged. And yes, you're going to be disproportionately charged as compared to somebody who does not do illegal things. All right. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> both. Counterpoint. Saron Gebra Selassie. All right. And Stephen LeDrew. Thank you both. It was great to see you again, Stephen, and great to meet you, Saram. We really appreciate your time. I'm sitting here for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.